Well, again, thank you so much for all of your prayers, for all the support, and for kind of following along with us back here at home. Um, as you can see from all the pictures and the videos, it was just an absolutely incredible week. Um, I'm tasked with trying to put a story to some of those pictures and videos, so I'll try to be really brief. But again, if you want to run into any of us that were on the trip, we'd love to share more. But I want to give you just a little bit of a snapshot of all that was done over that week, and then kind of looking forward some ways that we can continue to partner with Paul Marcito. So the first day, obviously, was travel. So we spent way more time in a plane than any of us wanted to, and then spent way more time in Shamu, the van, than we wanted to, um, driving up through the windy roads, and everybody kind of got to experience the, the car sickness that comes with the trip. Um, but then the very first day that we made it to Palmarcito, we were, like you saw in the pictures and the video, we were greeted by so much love and so much support, so much excitement from all of the kids. Um, Nazarene Compassion Ministries does an amazing job of making sure that our funds that we donate to Nazarene Compassion Ministries goes directly to those kids and to their families to provide them with everything that they need from school tuition, from school supplies, but even food and resources for the families at home. So all of those children were there celebrating with us, and it was just such an amazing welcome to have with Pastor Nestor and his church. And then from there, we went to work. Um, we had to get some stuff prepped and ready to go for the roofing project. We got some rebar laid, some conduit laid. We got all the rocks and the cement and everything ready to go for the next, the next day. So the next morning, we went to work. Um, we did our best to communicate as quickly as possible to be able to lay the foundations for that roof and to get the cement mixed and poured and heaved up. And uh, me and Aaron definitely got our work out for the week, moving those buckets of cement up and down those ladders. Um, so that was that. And then the following evening, that Saturday night, we had our youth service. So their youth services kind of are different than our youth services. Their youth services run from like birth to 40. I don't really know if they have a cap on what it means to be youth, but it's just kind of anybody and everybody who wants to be there. So we played some games. We played the universal game of Uno. So all you have to do is be able to count to 10 and you can figure that one out and, and know your colors. So we played some Uno. And then I had the privilege to share the message with Don Maurice for that evening youth service. And then Sunday was worship. Um, they're a community that treats the day of the Lord as that, as the day of the Lord. So we had Sunday school where everyone gathered together initially for some time of worship. Then we separated to our classes. Then we came back together. And then we had lunch with Pastor Nestor. And lunch with him and his family was back at the hotel. And that was a really good time for everybody on the team to get to know them, get to know their children, how their school is going. But it also gave us some time to just reflect on everything that they're doing as a church, everything that they want to do as a church, all of their dreams and their goals for the people of Palmarcito. So that was a great time of just being able to come together and see how we at real life can continue to connect with them in Palmarcito. And then we came back for more worship. So then they had their afternoon worship service. We had more songs. We were able to go up there and share a song in English. They had songs in Spanish. And Pastor Rich was able to bring the message. And then we were able to actually have communion together with the DS down there in Guatemala. So we were able to come together and, and have the Lord's table. And then we kind of just had some time to reflect on a great day. Um, oh, I also forgot on Saturday, we have to mention football, right? So we all, we all gathered together after the youth service. Then they filled us up with pizza. And then they were like, now let's play soccer. So we were all dragging for sure. Uh, me and Pastor Rich spent a lot of time in the goal, just saying, no, no, go ahead. We'll, we'll just be goalie. We'll just stay back and catch our breath. Um, and then Monday we did some home visits. So a regular routine for them as a church is to visit some of the families, some of the Nazarene Compassion and Ministry children, some of their families, their grandmothers, their mothers, their aunts and uncles, 
Uh, so we just did that. We, we just kind of observed and prayed along with those families, and it was just a great time to be able to see, one, the hospitality of the community, um, who has very little to be able to open their doors and say, no, come on in, have 15 strangers just come on into my living room and pray with me um, that I just met. So that was just a really humbling experience to be able to do that with Pastor Nestor and his wife and Ricardo, who's, who's kind of Pastor Nestor's right-hand man. So we did that throughout the day on Monday, and then we did some school visits. Um, the school visits were very impactful for all of us because you see that education is something that just kind of happens here. Um, it does have its flaws, obviously, but um, it's just something that everybody just jumps in, and you usually have multiple choices for schools that you have. Their school is very much a privilege, um, and school is not automatic. So if you come from a family that doesn't have a lot of resources, uh, you may not have your children go to school. It's not something that you just automatically get enrolled into. So the church is definitely doing all that they can to make sure that students are staying in school all the way through high school. Their schooling goes all the way through high school, but if you can stick with it all the way through to 12th grade, you essentially have an associate's degree. You essentially have enough education to be able to go into something like accounting or business or something like that. So they're always trying to push their children to take their education seriously, and part of those Nazarene Compassionate Funds go towards that. So we were able to spend some time with the students. Most of the time they were laughing with us. I think some of the time they were laughing at us, but that's okay. But it was just a great time spending time at those schools. And then Tuesday was the last day that we were able to spend with Pastor Nestor and his family. So we did do a school visit. We did a kindergarten visit, so that was kind of our last school visit. But then probably the most impactful for all of us was when we ended up going with Pastor Nestor and his church to the garbage dump to visit those families. So these are families that live in Palmarcito, but all of their income is raised by them walking to this dump that is outside of the city of Palmarcito, and then they spend all day there. They, they set up a pop-up tent, and them, husband and wife, if there's two of them, and their children are all collecting recyclables, um, things that they can either sell or reuse or take to the garbage um, recycling facility to get five cues, which is less than a dollar per pound of things that they collect. So they spend all day trying to raise income for that, for their families and for their livelihood. So we spent some time there. We did some food delivery. We didn't have a lot of pictures and videos of that time, obviously, because we want to make sure that they have their dignity. And it was just a very, very humbling experience to be there with them and just to to do what very little we did at that time, which was just handing them some bags of food. Um, but that's something that I'll hit on later. So things that we're going to be doing in the future or things that we would like to see happen in the future through our conversations with Pastor Nestor is first and foremost reaching out to those kids. So the kids that are in the families that are working in the dump, we're trying our best to be able to partner with them to make sure that those kids enroll into the Nazarene Compassion and Ministries program. So we want to make sure that those children are in the program so that way they can be sponsored because we as a church are going to try to figure out a way that we can sponsor all of those remaining kids that are in Palmarcito, which is between 20 and 30 kids, which seems like an overwhelming number, but if we do it together collectively as the church, we all can give resources to, to obviously impact them through the sponsorship, but then all of us at the church can send letters we can communicate with those children. We can communicate with those families. So it's a way for us as a church to make an immediate impact, but also have an immediate connection with the church in Palmarcito. So we're working on that. So I know that immediately some of you might be saying, well, I want to sponsor one of those kids. We're going to try to make sure that we do this as a church. So we're going to work in the background and try to get some of that set up. Other things that they need is just resources to be able to set up their infrastructure for having 20 to 30 more children. So when they have a VBS, they have anywhere from 100, 100 children to 150 children in the small facility that you have. And until you're actually there, you don't realize how small their facilities are. 
but we want to make sure that we set them up so that way they have the chairs that they need, they have the tables that they need, they have the infrastructure that they need to be able to educate and love on those kids. So we're going to come up with creative ways for us to do that as a church here to kind of highlight what's going on in Palmer Cito so we can all feel like we're a part of that. Um, and then I have a couple other things that we were working on. just have to pull up my phone here. don't want to forget something. Um, oh, so the, the, the major projects as far as construction projects or sustaining projects that we want to do next year and in the years to come is, one, the bakery. So you saw some pictures of a future bakery. So Pastor Nestor was just kind of doing some canvassing in the neighborhood and talking to the village and trying to figure out what ways that the church can bless the community, and one of the ways is with a bakery. So that bakery will obviously provide some employment for some of the other people in the, in the Palmercito village that are possibly collecting cans in the dump or don't have any source of income. So it's an income opportunity for the people of Palmercito, but it also is a food resource for the people in Palmercito. So that's something that they want to see happen, and that's something that obviously we can make an impact physically there as well from afar. And then the other thing is a community garden. There, it seems like every home has some kind of a tree that grows some kind of fruit that you can eat, um, but they want to make sure that they have a community garden in the church. They already have lots of fruit trees. They want to be able to have something that's more sustainable, something that they can teach the kids the value of gardening because most of the kids, they walk to the little corner market and they grab a bag of chips, similarly to how things work here. So they want to make sure that they're educating their children on what it means to care for creation and what it means to grow your own food and provide for your family. So the community garden and the bakery are probably two of the big physical projects that we're going to try to start working on and figuring out how we can kind of collectively come together and make those things happen. And, and then day camps. So we've talked to the, the schools, and the schools were so inviting for us as a church. Um, they let us come in and meet the children, but they also said that next year and the years to come, they would like to have some some opportunities for us to do VBS style things or like kids camp and teen camp, but that are more age specific. So we can do something for the kindergartners when the elementary kids are in school and then do something for the elementary kids while the high schoolers are in high school. So kind of breaking it up throughout the week so that we can spend some time because Pastor Nestor and his church have done such a great job of building connections with the school. They allow them to teach the love of Christ in the schools because they know that they practice what they preach. So we kind of have an, a completely wide open door to not only impact the physical needs of these students, but also to impact the spiritual needs of these students. So that's something that we're going to plan on doing in the future as well. So that was a, as brief of a snapshot as I could give you in the 10 minutes that I had. So if you have any other questions, feel free to talk to one of us. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and for your prayers. Um, like Dave said, this is something that hopefully many of you can, can join us on in years to come, and hopefully we can find more ways to be able to make connections throughout the year even here from home, so we all can feel like we're a part of this, this mission and this partnership. So that was our, our sister church in El Palmarcito. Thank you. That team represented you very, very well. Um, if you give me another 10 or 12 minutes, I need notes. So don't be scared by me bringing out the, uh, the stand there. I just don't trust myself. So... Um, there's a passage of scripture that uh, I'd been kind of throwing around in my brain for a few weeks before we went to Palmarcito. And then when we went to Palmarcito, uh, it was still kind of there, and even since we've come back. And uh, I want to read it for you. It's uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 40. It's on the screen here. It says, about eight days after saying this, he climbed the mountain to pray. This is Jesus, taking Peter, John, and James along. While he was in prayer, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became blinding white. At once, two men were there talking with him. They turned out to be Moses 
and Elijah. What a glorious appearance they made. They talked over his exodus, the one Jesus was about to complete in Jerusalem. Meanwhile, Peter and those with him were slumped over in sleep. When they came to rubbing their eyes, they saw Jesus in his glory and the two men standing with him. When Moses and Elijah had left, Peter said to Jesus, Master, this is a great moment. Let's build three memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He blurted this out without thinking. While he was babbling on like this, a light, radiant cloud enveloped them. As they found themselves buried in the cloud, they became deeply aware of God. Then there was a voice out of the cloud, this is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. When the sound of the voice died away, they saw Jesus there alone. They were speechless, and they continued speechless, said not one thing to anyone during those days of what they had seen. Then the story shifts a little bit. When they came down off of the mountain the next day, a big crowd was there to meet them. A man called out from the crowd, please, please, teacher, take a look at my son. He's my only child. Often a spirit seizes him. Suddenly he's screaming, thrown into convulsions, his mouth foaming. And then it beats him black and blue before it leaves. I asked your disciples to deliver him, but they couldn't. So in the year 2022, maybe more than any other time in the history of the church, you and I have access to all kinds of mountaintop experiences with God. What I mean is there is no shortage of in-person or online opportunities to join with others to see God's glory revealed, hoping maybe that we even see something revealed like what Peter and the other disciples saw that day on the mountaintop. I mean, talk about a mountaintop experience, right? They were, they were experiencing a move of God that was absolutely amazing. They were truly in the presence of God. They not only saw it, but they felt it. They were in on it, which is always cool, right? It's always cool when you're in on the presence of God. And there's a ton of theological content in the scene, but the reason I share that verse with you is because of what Peter says. Peter basically says, dude, we have got to do this again. This was amazing. Did you guys see what I saw? Did you feel what I felt? Did you hear what I heard? God was on the scene. That was a legit move of the Spirit. This right here, what we're doing on this mountaintop, this is what it's all about. And we've got to do this again and again and again and again. In fact, I've already put the pics on Insta, and there's a lot of traffic, man. There's a lot of people interested in what we're doing. I have a buddy who can draw up plans. Let's keep this move of God going. I want to experience this again and again and again. And mountaintop experiences are amazing. They really are. But if we are not careful, if we are not tuned to the heart of Jesus, we will be tempted to do what Peter did, to turn the experience into a destination. So in our 2022 sensibilities, it can be kind of tempting to confine the move of God to a worship experience, chasing experience after experience, desperately trying to feel some move of the Spirit, somehow to get filled or to get a word. Okay. And there is no shortage of preachers or churches 
anxious to use an experience to establish a destination. Now, if I can just get right to the mountaintop, if I, if I can just get to the right church, the right experience, then I'll see God. I want to see God move. Now, I'm not negating worship. I want to make sure you understand that. We are here this morning to raise our voices. We're here to realign our hearts. We're here to be formed by God. But the risk is this. Peter missed it. Hang with me here. When the world shut down from COVID a couple years ago, Guatemala suffered significantly. So contrary to how you and I tend to personalize and politicize everything in the United States and kind of think it all comes down to us, the rest of the world shut down too. And they paid a huge, huge price for all of that. I met people last week who lost people to COVID or were suffering from the ramifications of it. Uh, one school that we went to has only been back to in-person for one month. One month. Those kids don't get to make up any work either. And if you and I thought that we experienced shortages and supply chain issues where we live, imagine being a part of the world that doesn't even have an active postal service. Donna Reese, who was worth a million bucks, I'm Maurice Kellogg. Uh, she's the Compassionate Ministries Director for Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Uh, she was sharing with us some of the challenges faced during COVID, and she, she shared with us this story. Do you remember those white flags we passed out at the beginning of the summer when we started this One Another series? We, we looked at a video, and we kind of waved those flags together, almost in solidarity, recognizing that we all have similar struggles. We're all here to be here for one another. Uh, well, in Guatemala, they used white flags, too. Uh, when the shutdown turned into weeks and then it turned into months, the number of people running out of, feet, out of food grew. Uh, and those people that ran out of food first were the people on the margins, the invisible people, the, the least visible, the most easily forgotten people, people that you don't know unless you actually have proximity to them. You're near them. Somehow, somewhere, word got out that if you put a flag outside, that the church would come to you with food. So soon white flags started popping up outside of churches, and out, or outside of homes and outside of villages. So in those moments, instead of debating whether COVID was real, instead of fighting and complaining about rights or not being able to gather for a worship experience, the church left the mountaintop and entered the valley. And in doing so, they ran headfirst into God. Nazarene Compassionate Ministries and Nazarene Child Development Centers like the church in Palmarcito looked for the white flags. Those who needed a little deliverance those who needed a little experience of the love of God. In my whole life, I have never met people who embody Matthew 25 more than the people of Iglesia del Nazareno, Palmercito. Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was homeless, you gave me a room. I was shivering, you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. I was in prison, and you came to me. 
They will say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? Then when did we ever see you sick in prison come to you? And the king will say, I tell this solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it for me. Peter missed it. And I pray that we as a church will take the example of the church in Paul Marcito and never miss it. Peter wanted to keep chasing the move of God on the mountaintop. But in the verses that followed, we see the reality. They came out of the mountain and immediately faced need. In the verses that followed, we see that God was moving down the mountain to a man whose son had a need, a need that needed to be met. The church in action, the hands and the feet of Jesus. Last Sunday, I was totally humbled. The whole Sunday school focus that they'd put together for that day was service. What does it look like to serve others? So everybody from the children all the way up through the adults was learning lessons about how to serve other people. And toward the end of the adult lesson, Pastor Nestor uh, took the opportunity to share with the adults in the church how privileged they were that people from real life had come to Paul Marcito to show them how to serve other people. So two things. I let him know that the opposite was true. We were there to learn from them what it means to truly serve people in Jesus' name. And then second, I pray that we might embody what it means to be a church that doesn't become content to only seek God in an experience in a building or because of a special speaker who promises some move of the Spirit or a worship experience to be replicated over and over and over again. I pray, I ought to just lay my cards out here right now, that we become a church that just gives ourselves away. We need to be valley dwellers. Valley dwellers. Carrying the hope and the love of Jesus, not just seeking to be moved in an experience, but instead walking in step with the Spirit where he takes us and leads us. This partnership is so incredible. And as Pastor Ben said, there's going to be lots of opportunities. We're going to be communicating much more. We're going to be establishing a way for you to know exactly what's going on in this partnership. As you saw, there's some dates that have we put a thumbtack on the calendar. Uh, the 18th through the 25th of next July. Uh, we're planning that next trip, but there's going to be a lot of work between now and then. At the same time, too, next week we finish up this One Another series, Pray for One Another. That's where we are next week. And so this is what I want to have you do. I was sharing with Pastor Nestor over the last couple of days, what does it look like for us to be able to pray for one another? And so this is what I want to ask you to do before you come next week. I just want you to think of one prayer need that you have. Because here's what I can guarantee you. You send that prayer need down to Paul Marcito, they will pray for it in church on a Sunday. What is something in your life that you would love for somebody just to be praying for? We're going to have a way for you to write that down, and then we'll translate it. So don't worry about the Spanish. We'll translate it for you. And we're going to create a list and send that down to Paul Marcito. And they're doing the exact same thing. They're going to send us a list because we have the opportunity to pray for one another. Pray with one another.
There's all kinds of opportunities that are coming up. But I want to thank you uh, for trusting us and trusting me to lead us into this partnership. Uh, this has just been a, a tiny snapshot of what was experienced this last week and what we'll experience in the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. But I, I, do, I do want to ask you to do one thing. Would you just thank the rest of the team? They did a great job representing you uh, this last week. I'll be straight with you. It is not an easy trip. The travel days are not fun. Um, you see some stuff, and uh, it's warm, and all kinds of different things. They didn't complain. They, they were amazing. This is not for high-maintenance people, <laughs> and they did a really amazing, amazing job. And so I really appreciate them, and I just get the opportunity to share. So they did a lot of the hard work in relationship building, so I really appreciate you guys who are on that team. Thank you. At this time, I'm going to ask Diane Tilford. Diane is our missions president in our church on the church board, and uh, she is going to come, and I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray, and then uh, she is going to share with you the real-life benediction. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your love and your grace in our lives. Thank you for the church in Palmarcito. Um, Father, there are precious people. That whole village, Father, represents um, opportunity just to see you at work. And at the end of the day, none of this has anything to do with us. This is about you. This is about your name being raised, your name being elevated. Be with Pastor Nestor and his leaders. Be with his family. Be with Donna Reese today as she continues just to navigate what it looks like to show compassion in that part of the world. Help us now as we look at our neighbors maybe differently. As we look at our church, maybe differently. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and Pastor also asked me to remind you about the back-to-school blitz that we have going on. In the back table by the welcome desk there, there are some little cards you can get. We want to take care of our neighborhood schools, and they have some needs of things that they need in their school. We've asked them what they needed, and they've shared with us the things on this list. So grab one, and sometime this week, if you could pick something up when you're out, and then bring it back and put it in the box that we have down here on this hallway, um, and just leave it there, and August we'll be collecting them and then um, dropping them off at the schools. Okay, our benediction today. Read with me, please. May the bond of Jesus Christ go with us as we seek to love God as one. May he guide us in humility, gentleness, and patience as we love people as we have been loved. May the compassion of Jesus Christ be in us as we serve the world in word and deed. May he bring us together again, rejoicing as his children as we live in real life with Christ. Amen. And go in peace.